Welcome to BMCC Book Talk. The Blue Mountain Community College Library in Pendleton, Oregon has teamed up with the Pendleton Public Library to host a virtual book club for students and the community. I'm Ashley Emmons from the BMCC Library and my co-host is Heather Culley from the Pendleton Public Library. If you can't make it to our meetings yourself or if you would just like to listen in, this podcast will be the source for all of our meeting recordings. We can't guarantee the podcast will be free of cursing or mature concepts, so listen at your own discretion. If you'd like to participate yourself, visit our website at libguides.bluecc.edu slash virtualbookclub. That's L-I-B-G-U-I-D-E-S dot bluecc.edu slash virtualbookclub. We recommend keeping up with our current reading schedule as you listen to avoid confusion and get the most enjoyment out of this podcast. We do not guarantee any summary of the reading material, and we reserve the right to get sidetracked. This week, we're discussing the prologue and chapters 1 through 4 of Akata Witch by Nettie Okorafor, as well as chapters 1 through 3 of Dragon Singer by Anne McCaffrey. Hello. Hello. I feel like I'm tilted up a lot. I was going go. to have a camera this time, and it I couldn't make the new HP laptops for work work. Oh. So. Well, that's unfortunate, but it'll work. I had such a fantastic time reading these books again. Me too. Just so good. Yeah, I kept, I finished early because I wanted to like be ahead and not have to worry about it. But then I was like, I want to read more, but I got to wait till after the meeting. Uh (laughs) Because I know if I read ahead, I'll just get confused. Yeah. Uh, I was reminded that the reason that uh, I think Dragon Singer is a standalone book is because I won a copy of it in a school reading competition of some kind. And so I had it and I read it. Oh, interesting. I even knew it was a series, really. That's funny. Yeah. I actually ended up, because I wanted to read it so bad, I went and got Dragon Song and read it first. um, Because it was like a few bucks on Kindle, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was really good. Um, I enjoyed that book, but, um, it is nice because like, it does give you some of the background of what's going on, but, um, I feel like most authors are pretty good at being like, so here's a review for you, which is really helpful. (laughs) They, uh, I think that the first one is really less about, you know, a young adult coming of age type novel than it is just a straight adventure novel. Mm-hmm. Whereas the second one really is coming of age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more about interpersonal relationships. And mm-hmm. the third one really is. <laughs> it is complex. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I have never really enjoyed it as much. There's just, oh. there's too much for me to really get through dragon drums is the third one mm-hmm. is it like pretty tonally different uh it is i find that 
the third book of any of her series is always tonally completely different from the first two. Oh. Like what she probably did was wrote something too long for one book and split it into two. And then when she goes on to the next one, it's completely different. That makes sense. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of her works seem to build off of something that she started and then she was like, I actually need to do more with this. Um, and then she writes like, she turns like a short story into a full book or a series or something like that. Um, and it seems like um, just from the little bit that I've seen, it seems like it does change the work a little bit. And like, it, it's like she is coming back to it and reminding herself of who the characters are and how they behave and things like that. Um, so that's really interesting. It is. The ship who sang is a big one for that. Mm hmm. I like that book too. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to need to check out more of her work because the the stuff that I've seen is really cool and like the I don't know, the subject matter seems to be something I'd be interested in. I really like I haven't read anything of hers that wasn't sci-fi. Oh yeah. Uh I think she does have some that aren't, but mostly it is building alien worlds and about travel, you know, inter interplanetary travel. Mm -hmm. And um, I enjoyed, besides, Pern is my favorite. I just love it. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't go beyond a certain point with the series because i just i couldn't anymore there was something changed in the way i fought and i couldn't enjoy them anymore mm -hmm. uh, i might be able to finish now mm -hmm. but the ones i liked besides that were crystal singer mm -hmm. have you read those <laughs> no i have not i think this is the first time that i've read anything of hers i just was looking into it a bit as i was starting to read it's uh, an opera singer who can't sing the way that she wants to she wants to be like you know the the absolute best in the universe and she is turned down for that so she throws a fit and she becomes a crystal singer and the crystals are what power this whole uh, intergalactic civilization that she lives in and she is actually a jackass she's a real jerk <laughs> she's a selfish arrogant turd yeah and you are just right there with her the whole way just you go get him girl <laughs> knock That's him down funny <laughs> i like that yeah it's funny because um like the pern books are sci-fi but they have such a fantasy tone to them and like they like after I noticed in Dragon Song, after you get the past the first bit where they're explaining what threat is and how uh, people came to be on Pern and stuff like that, after you get past that part, it switches to feel just like a regular like medieval style fantasy yeah. book, which is really interesting because you're aware that it's still sci-fi, but it doesn't feel as sci-fi. Yeah. Especially because they're talking about dragons. You don't usually see dragons in sci-fi. No, oh, that's right. And, you know, of, this is a very cool idea for a um, alien species, an alien mm -hmm. that looks like dragons from Earth. Uh, 
I have really enjoyed the prequel books where it talks about how they got there and what they did when they got there. Oh, do they have those? They do. Ooh, that would be interesting. <laughs> I don't think that you can enjoy them as much if you read them, you know, where they come chronologically. I think yeah. you have to read up to the place where um, the people of contemporary Pern are discovering, oh, well, we are not from this planet. I wonder how that came about. And then you go back and you read the prequels. That's yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I feel like if I had read those before reading at least the beginning part where it kind of gives you like the overview and then sends you into what Pern is like. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I had not done that first, like it would be weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, in my opinion, she is one of the women who can write a, you don't see this very often. You mostly see men writing hard. I just realized something. Oh no, it is recording. Okay. <laughs> I forgot I had it set to auto record and I was like, we're supposed to be recording this. No, we're good. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, men usually write hard sci-fi, you know, with the space Navy and exploration. And this is how the ship works. And this mm -hmm. is how they decided to do this and that. And now Anne McCaffrey writes hard sci-fi as, as tough as any man. Mm -hmm. But then she builds a world that is just gripping. Mm -hmm. I read the first two Pern books that she wrote, um, and I didn't even really realize that I read them before Dragon Song, before I won it. Oh. As soon as I could read well enough to follow a novel, a chapter book, the first chapter books I read were the thick <laughs> Dragon Riders of Pern books. Nice. They, they were, were just age inappropriate and everything. They're too big. <laughs> and I wanted to read them so bad because of the covers. Mm -hmm. of course it's always the covers <laughs> and uh they are just the first two are i think you should now instead of going on with the third one in the harper hall series i think you should go back and read the first two in the whole series okay because, yeah i'm curious oh my god you know how she uh is she plays Moretta's ride in mm. uh, in this book. She yeah. is proving that she can play the guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, Moretta has her own book. There's a book about that ride and what it's about. And it is about global pandemic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. You know, that's kind of my jam. I do know that. <laughs> Reading about the, the more extreme version of whatever crap we're going through <laughs> uh and i can tell you now um tragic yeah i bet so it is it's really good but that sounds good what are those first two called let's let's get the covers up so everybody can love them yeah that'd be uh, good dragon riders of pern before she died she uh green lit a canadian tv show of this planet the dragon riders of pern mm -hmm. um but as i recall it didn't really make it it didn't they didn't i think they made a 
Um, come on, where are you? I think that they made a pilot and that was it. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, but she thought it was wonderful. She thought it was so, such a beautiful set. And she thought that the the um, dragons that they made for it were just perfect. Just what she wanted. That's cool. So it exists out there. That's cool. I feel like it would make like a good movie or TV series like... I feel like it's engaging enough. Mm-hmm. I imagine a wonderful, let's see if I can do, oops, a wonderful uh, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Netflix, I think, could do a good job with it. Don't do HBO, though, because they'll go way overboard with it and it will not be <laughs> anything like what it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it will be, it'll be okay at first and then less okay every mm-hmm. time yep <laughs> <laughs> i um i know some people didn't like it but i really liked the witcher series that netflix did and i'm How excited to see more like it it was good well um i know one person that i talked to said that they didn't like the difference between um the idea better. of choosing between two evils versus i think it was I don't remember how he explained it. Um, it was like choosing the better of two evils versus. Um... <sighs> Dang, it was like really like <laughs> it was a very slight difference in like the idea behind the, sh- the show versus the game. And it, it made sense to me. Um, it wasn't enough of a difference for me to be bothered. And I, I haven't played enough of the game to really see the difference either. But um, it was like a very specific, like ideological difference um, uh-huh. that this person didn't enjoy. Um, but I felt like, like for me, like I am more, um, I get more into like the characters and their story. Uh-huh. So like, I felt that, they did a good job with that. Like, I, I don't know all of the, the story for these characters from the games, but I feel like the way that they presented it in the show was really good. And I have a friend who is very much into um, The Witcher 3, at least. I don't know if she played the, the previous games, um, but she seemed to like the show as well. And Yaskier, of course, is just a gem. <laughs> He's the best. Okay, where am I saving this to? What do I want to do? And I shared a JPEG that is the covers of all of the first three. Um, yeah. I like that. Yeah, the, the covers always look so good. They're they're like traditional fantasy covers, but not with like scantily clad women all over them, which is yep. great. <laughs> yep. The dragons look really cool. So Dragon Quest and Dragon Flight, you're going to want to read those. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll have to. <clears throat> it's hard because I keep discovering books that I need to read from book club, but because I'm always doing book club, I don't have time to read them. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I'll get to them one day. <laughs> and I'll just type in Dragon Flight... 
McCaffrey and Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah. My cat's getting into something. I don't know if you can hear him. <laughs> no, but I can see him walking around. Yeah. <laughs> Both of the cats are a little antsy. They were um, chilling with me all day, and now I'm actually doing things. And now they're like, what's going on? I think Cheddar's trying to get into my box of Christmas stuff. <laughs> I still haven't put it all away. So he's like, I know that there's candy in here with crinkly wrappers that I like. <laughs> he's so funny. Well, let's go through our questions. And Oh, I did also wanted to say uh, they can't get Dune right either. The book Dune, they can't make Dune. into a, a movie or TV show that is what he was saying in the book like the movie that has that's the one from the 80s that everybody thinks of mm -hmm. uh, completely said exactly the wrong thing like oh dune <laughs> is course. about you can't make yourself into a god you can't do that mm -hmm. <laughs> and that movie was hey you know what's fun if you have a lot of money and you have a lot of power and you are really a great talker and charismatic, you can make yourself into a god. Is that the one that I saw they were doing a remake of? <laughs> they are. This is like the okay. third remake. Yeah. See, I know of it, but I don't really know any of the background. I, whoa, that's glowing on my face. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really know any of the background um, because I never saw it or read it or anything. Um it looks like the the trailer for the new one looked interesting to me, but um, I wouldn't know how faithful it is to anything. <laughs> Everybody is expecting it to be not in the least faithful. And, yeah. you know, uh, the author went to, I found this out because we did a sci-fi fantasy um, trivia <laughs> night and I was finding out all of my questions I was going to ask. And that this is part of the trivia I found out. Uh, the author of Dune went to the Dune set. Mm -hmm. And um, he had a marvelous time. He loved every bit of it. He thought the suits looked cool. And he thought the sets looked cool. And he... He said, oh, I just, I loved every minute of being on that set and it was just fun to be part of it. And no, that movie is nothing, nothing like my book, but oh, is it cool? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the nice thing is that like, sometimes people can take something that one person has created and create something completely different, but really cool. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the, the original creators embrace that uh, and sometimes they don't. Um, and the fans too. Sometimes the fans are like, what the hell are you doing? And sometimes <laughs> the fan are like, well, I mean, it's not what I wanted, but it's cool. So they went big for this though. Uh, Hans Zimmer did the music and they've got Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, um, Jason Momoa, <laughs> interesting yeah i feel I, like i'll end up watching it someday but i'm not gonna rush to it <laughs> yeah the old one had you know kyle mclaughlin and sting <laughs> yeah patrick stewart oh patrick stewart the also the actor that played Wormtongue in the lord of the rings 
Oh, yeah. yeah. That guy, he never ages. Never ages. He looks exactly the same now as he did when he was in Dune. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm always, yeah. I'm always so interested when I see people like that. He was also the doctor in the Deadwood TV series. I've heard of that one, too, and I don't really know about it. It's good. I'm going to show you a little picture. Okay. <laughs> of just how different that guy can be. <laughs> doctor on Deadwood. Brad Dorif. All right. The dogs are barking so much outside. There's always noise happening at my place. <laughs> I'm hoping everyone who listens to our recordings isn't totally annoyed by it. <laughs> Put off by all of this outdoor noise. I like outdoor noise when I'm listening to a podcast. Oh, that's good. Maybe it'll suit some people's tastes then. All right. Now we'll see here. I live at my parents' house, so I can't really soundproof or anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> me too so here he is as the doctor Ooh. and then I oh interesting and for comparison we'll look at him as worm tongue I think this is him yeah that's him yeah. <laughs> Jeez. same guy same guy that's so crazy <laughs> For a while, I was looking at him and everything that he was in just because you can't, you know, clearly it's him when you know, you think, oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> yeah, you can like see the facial structure, but then everything else is different. Acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's wild. He was so gross looking as Wormtongue, oh, though. God, that greasy terrible. looking hair. Mm. Yes. Yes, and exactly what I had pictured. So that was great. Yeah, I I actually, I will tell you a secret. I was obsessed with Lord of the Rings um, shortly after the third movie came out. I just got real deep into it, watched them over and over on repeat. Never read the books. <laughs> <laughs> I need to still. The thing is, when I was in elementary school, uh, early in elementary school, I got set, we had like the accelerated reader program. And I got set as a 2.5, which is the middle of second grade level. And they kept me there until fifth grade. Oh my God. And then they jumped me to the seven to nine. <laughs> uh, and so I immediately was like, oh, well, Lord of the Rings is cool. Why don't I try reading that? No, no. If no. you've been reading second grade level books your entire life, you cannot read Lord of the Rings. It doesn't work. <laughs> See, this is why I am just, I don't like the people who say, don't have the kids read something that's a little bit challenging. Don't let yeah. them even look at it. Yeah. No, they wouldn't let me look at it. Like if I even, like if I didn't stay in my little section of the library where the second grade level books were, they would yell at me. Yeah. It was so terrible. Like I had to read Cam Jensen for years because it was the only series that they had that I was mildly interested in, in the second grade level. Oh and I couldn't go lower either because they want you to be at your level. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's. It is clear that they don't believe in librarians. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they just get some 
some retired teacher at best, mm-hmm. usually just somebody who applied for a classroom assistant position mm-hmm. and shove them into the school library and that'll be good enough. I have no. a friend who applied for a, a job at one of the school libraries. I don't know which one, um, but she applied for a job there and it sounded like she was just going to be an assistant, you know, just do some of the, you know, background work. No big uh-huh. deal. No, she's a director, basically. Like she runs the library oh and God. she was just thrown into it. And she was like, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never done this before. So, yeah, (laughs) I don't know who plans those things, but they don't do a good job of it. (laughs) They really, especially in Pendleton, where people get left behind all the time and people fail to thrive scholastically just because their teachers don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a a lot of social climbing and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not really interested in being a teacher. I'm interested in having a paycheck, mm-hmm. you know, and people who don't have to struggle just kind of get, you know, you're not important to me. So yeah, I guess do what you can. Yeah. I know when I was in high school and we all knew this at the time, uh, the, the teachers who did like all of the social studies classes, They were teachers because they were coaches. And in order to be a coach, you had to be a teacher. And so they just all, for some reason, got shoved into social studies. And I was actually talking about this with a friend a couple of days ago. We were like, I wish that we had been actually taught about government, about the news, about how to evaluate sources, Mm -hmm. stuff like that in high school. But we weren't because our teachers didn't actually know what was going on. (laughs) They didn't know what they were teaching. I did the football coach my senior year was the chemistry teacher. And I thought maybe he's just really an outstanding person. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to have a great time in here. And I was the head cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And I was in his chemistry class and it was pretty early on. So it was football season and he Mm -hmm. was uh, asking questions and I kept raising my hand and never getting called on. And I was practically the only one because I had done the reading and I'm real brainy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And finally, he told me, Heather, put your hand down. I'm not going to call on you. It's not like, you know, you don't need the attention. Just settle down. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, no. Can you imagine what oh. the rest of his school year was like? Oh, because you, you, you don't talk like that to me. No. <laughs> you don't talk like that to anybody, but not Heather. You don't talk like that to anybody, but. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I Honey, hate it Jim. when stuff like that happens. Like <laughs> 17 some... years old, and I'm already better educated than you. Yeah. <laughs> And some people are just so sure of themselves and don't worry about what they say and think about what they say. And they'll just say whatever comes to mind. And I'm like, you're a human being interacting with other human beings. You realize that, right? (laughs) (laughs) My gosh. I really made him regret choosing teaching as a career. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Especially because he... It doesn't sound like he was made for teaching in the first place. Not. I don't know who he thought was going to answer him. Nobody else in that class was. Yeah, capable. if you're not getting any answers, then let the girl who keeps raising her hand answer. Don't just assume she doesn't say. know. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, we also had a teacher. Uh, my whole class had either half of us had been jumped ahead or kept back. Mm-hmm. So we were like probably half the size or less than the other classes around mm-hmm. us. So my senior year, year, there were 34 in my class. And we got, we all got put into a semester of personal finance, all of us together. Oh. Uh, personal finance for this class was a joke anyway, because people who were my age had already been holding down, <laughs> you know, at least one full-time job yeah so they already know for like two or three years they'd paying their own taxes yeah looking to buy a car and a house you know yeah <laughs> my generation of latchkey kid is pretty self-sufficient <laughs> this is how you fill out a checkbook yeah, okay but if you do it that way you're gonna miss the <laughs> yeah so he really had a miserable time with this mm-hmm. and you know, as you can tell by my story about the chemistry teacher who learned to regret his remarks, we also had a reputation for being uh, just wild, out of control kids. Mm-hmm. We weren't. Yeah, <laughs> we, of course. <laughs> we were adults who were already holding down jobs. Yeah. You no. just weren't like ready to just listen to whatever they said and say, yes, sir, no, sir. Like, Right. Or if it could get us through this stuff quicker, we'll, we'll do whatever you want. But yeah. uh, he decided that we needed discipline. And so he tried to be real strict with us. Mm-hmm. And that just let us loose. So yeah. <laughs> we did mean things to him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> finally, finally, in the last like two months, he just let us do whatever we wanted and said, I should have stayed uh working for road repair i should have stayed on the road crew (laughs) i didn't know this is what teaching was like Mm -hmm. and then we had to be dedicated to be a teacher you do i think you have to be called like a religious Mm -hmm. yeah leader or like a doctor yeah i i think that's true i i think if you don't have this like natural yearning inside of you to to teach and to help students then it's not for you (laughs) it is not for you and you shouldn't try because you're gonna ruin people yeah I know of a lot of teachers both like teachers that were teachers to me and teachers who are teachers now that are closer to my age Mm -hmm. that should not be teachers (laughs) they're not meant for it I I have three or four friends that are teachers of anything from college professor to kindergartner teacher and uh, special education teachers two of them have special education degrees and specialties Mm -hmm. and they are absolutely called they are people who are dedicated they're people who are doing more than yeah that makes all the difference the thing is though It's really sad because the people who do like who are built like that, they get so trampled on by the system. They sure do. So frustrating. Because it's not like their administrators are really what they used to be. The principal used to be the principal teacher, the Mm -hmm. the teacher who did the most teaching. Mm -hmm. Now, now they're, you know, just some boss. 
yeah it's just a business hierarchy like yeah. anywhere else yeah that's sad yeah anyway <laughs> so there's <laughs> teachers in these stories too yeah <laughs> Yeah, and actually, there are some pretty bad teachers in these stories, too. Oh, there are. <laughs> that one guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. she, doesn't, she doesn't really need that one guy, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Marshall. Marshall is. Yes, it? yes. I, like, as immediately I think of him. I'm like, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like he was doing what he was supposed to do. Mm-mm. No, and I felt so bad for, um, is it pronounced mentally? Mentally, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I felt bad for her having to, like, stand there and be yelled at and, like, her feet are killing her because they're not healed yet. Like, yeah. yikes. And I'm her scarred up hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's been through it. <laughs> Uh, she did a little interview about, um, I forget what they were asking her about. It was, I think, uh, are the, your characters based on people, you know, and mm -hmm. she said, yes and no, some of them, yes. And others, no, but mentally is, um, yeah, I read that somewhere and that she, the girl that she knew, uh, it wasn't music for her. It was horses. And oh. her parents really put a lot of blocks in her way. They didn't want her to have that life. And which, you know, in some ways is understandable because uh, horses are you know, expensive. <laughs> horses are expensive. Horse stuff is expensive. It's the horse as an industry, you know, you deal with a lot of really crappy people. Mm -hmm. You're never really sure that you're going to make it well and uh, then raising horses is not easy either right and she's she said her parents weren't mean to her like mentally's parents were mean to her mm -hmm. but they it was just as crushing to her that she didn't have parental support yeah which is mostly what that is but still yeah, yeah. Her parents are awful I yeah i sort of felt like you know couldn't isn't there some sort of legal recourse <laughs> right shouldn't, shouldn't they be liable in some part well and then there's like there's little hints here and there of like her parents being human and like wanting what's best yeah um but then they're just so awful to her that it's like I can't even like you don't have any amount of redemption here like yeah. it, you can't like the the part where uh mentally I don't remember if this was in this book or the end of the previous one um but she realizes that her mother could have healed her hand better and just didn't yeah and I was like wow ouch yeah. like <laughs> that is a way more crushing pain than just not being able to play music because that shows that your mother intentionally harmed you right like Crippled not only on physically but mentally and emotionally yeah that that hurts <laughs> yeah <Ugh. laughs> and that there's okay they're fishermen 
and I've been around people that fish for their livelihood mm-hmm. and it's it's a pretty tight living there's there's not a lot of extra yeah but man they grudge her food they grudge her clothes she can't yeah. be around if she's not contributing so they work her as hard as they can you know that place is full of people <laughs> why does she have to be worked so hard yeah well and it, it's one of those situations where she seems to be the scapegoat you know she's the child who was chosen to take on the load of everybody else's frustrations and mm-hmm. that's a terrible situation to be in yeah. like especially when you're a growing kid you know like that that will mess you up really bad and yeah. it's so exhausting <laughs> but i think now that i'm older and i've i've thought a lot of thoughts <laughs> i have started to wonder what would a book be like that is about when Giannis is young and before he's the sea holder mm-hmm. and uh how do they get married I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of girl was she? Was did this life just absolutely pound all of the hope and joy and goodness out of her? You can be sure that they lost a lot of children. Yeah. You know, they make their living on the sea. That means ships got lost. That means mm-hmm. all of her brothers, her dad, her uncles, all of, everybody she knew, probably gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely, like the author definitely makes it clear that it's a a hard living for everybody um and I am always really curious to see the backgrounds of like the bad guys in a story you know Uh I always want to know how they got there um but yeah it's it's an interesting it's presented in an interesting way because there are those little hints of humanity for both of the parents. And it's like, well, I still can't like you because you're terrible, (laughs) but I am really curious about why you think that this is okay and why you are like this. And, you know, there are also lots of big families on the very edge of not making it. Let's say, Native American families mm-hmm. and they still manage to love their children and make mm-hmm. sure everybody is supported and happy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously there's always the family here and there that has their problems. Um, but you can look at the overall trends and be like, why is this like this? Yeah. I'm thinking that probably her mother was one of those people who all she can do, she's living in a trauma state and Mm -hmm. all she can do is survive and think of ways to survive. And that means being ruthless and cutting out stuff that she thinks is a waste Mm -hmm. so that there will be enough for everybody. But man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it also seems to me like she, I don't know if she's necessarily brainwashed, but she definitely thinks a lot more about what Yanis wants than about what she really thinks. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't think she's necessarily brainwashed because you do see her actually thinking about it mm-hmm. rather than just acting. But you can tell like that she just wants to be loyal to him and do what he wants because that I think in her mind makes everything function better. And, you know, 
I think that's right. Uh, I also suspect that Giannis wasn't the one who was supposed to be the sea holder. I suspect mm. that he was a nephew or a younger son and that he has to do the holding and it's not something he's suited for. Yeah, he might is, not have been prepared even. Yeah, he is good at captaining a ship. Mm-hmm. He's good at finding the fish. Mm-hmm. Probably not that great at uh, being around the people who aren't on the boat. I'm going to say a mm-hmm. uh, tough time with women. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, he doesn't seem... Like, he doesn't seem like the type of leader that you need to lead a community. He seems like the type of leader that you need um, on a ship when the ship is about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's two very different things. You can't live in that state your entire life. Like, you, you have to you have to have gentler times when you're not just shouting at people to get things done. Um, that's right. But... I, I think that that's what he knows to do. So that's what he does. Yep. And it works a lot of the time, mm-hmm. like 60% of the time it's, it works mm-hmm. other 40% of the time. And then you get the people who fall through the, through the cracks, like mentally. Right. Also, they should have fostered her out. They should have yeah. sent her to another seahold at least well yeah because she clearly isn't fitting in and i i don't think that's her fault at all i think she's just not suited for that life like yeah she's tough she can Mm -hmm. do the same types of work as everybody else but that's not her natural way of functioning and there are people who that is their natural way of functioning it's not Mm -hmm. even like that's a lesser life it's just not a good one for her yeah i'm curious because after reading the first one um, and seeing that like she's in, so she goes from one community that she hates Uh to a community that she seems to really love. And then she's moved from that community to the one she's in now where she's learning to be a Harper. Uh Um, And it's interesting because when she moved to the other place in the middle, she seemed so hopeful and happy and, now it feels like that's crumbling a little bit uh-huh. because she's met some of the people who are being kind of as cruel to her as people were in her home. Yeah. People and are people sucks. wherever you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like she got really lucky with the people that she met before. Um, she did. Yeah. Because she met people who really valued her. Um, and I mean, there was even the one woman who was like, I want you to be my foster child. Like, how much longer do you have that you could be a foster child? Because I want you. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was amazing. But then she was taken to become a Harper, which is what she really wants. But she gave up a lot for that, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And she has to decide, is that is it worth it yeah yeah you read those other two books i'm telling you i'm telling you it's yeah so i'm great. very interested and then i didn't like the third one as as well the uh the one about the white dragon nah, nah, mm. blah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
That seems to happen with movies too. Movies, the third one often falls off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Piers Anthony books. First two, always good. Third one, meh. <laughs> I, I started trying to read one of his books and I didn't get very far because I was in high school trying to read it in a classroom full of people who were very noisy. And there was a lot of description in the beginning of the book. And I was like, I thought we were going to do some stuff here. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just too slow for me. I couldn't do it. Maybe I could now, but at the time I couldn't. I wasn't even in high school. I was in middle school. (laughs) He's another one who mixes sci-fi and fantasy. I noticed that, yeah. The ones that I liked, um, this guy is a professional athlete on a planet where that is just one of the things you can do as a low-class citizen, be a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean, you know, he's a quarterback. That means he goes to this facility and he plays whatever game is up. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's skiing. Sometimes it's, it is football. Sometimes it's, and he's the only one and he's playing against artificial intelligence. Oh, interesting. But it turns out that there are places on his planet where he can get into a fantasy world. Oh, where he is a mage and he finds this out much to his surprise. Yeah, it's fun. Those are those are a treat he takes the form of a unicorn to to run around the planet for a while it's it's everywhere man that sounds like fun (laughs) i just realized i might have actually read one piers anthony book that i liked um let's see if i can xanth is okay but you know after 20 of those books you get the joke it was piers anthony i read kilobyte Oh, yeah. That one I liked because that was all about virtual reality. And that was, I read it way before virtual reality seemed like it would be a thing in our lifetime. So it was very exciting. Uh, I also loved On a Pale Horse. I've heard of that one, but I haven't read it. A guy is going to shoot himself. And at the last minute, the Grim Reaper is right there in front of him. And he's so spooked, he shoots the Grim Reaper. And becomes oh. him. Oh, <laughs> it's like the Santa Claus, but it's the Grim Reaper. Exactly. When the Santa Claus came out, I thought, mm, I've seen some of this material before. <laughs> like Here that. I feel like I would enjoy that. Split Infinity. That's the one I loved. Ooh, that looks cool. Oh, my gosh. The, the, so one of the, the covers that I see, one of the characters looks like Graham from King's Quest. Ah! That intrigues me. <laughs> He's got the funky hat and everything. Yep. Oh, that's so good. I think that that's another one of those. It's like interplanetary civilization that has uh, been, it's really become corporate. Mm. <laughs> so that's the background there. That's fun. I just started playing the Outer Worlds yesterday, uh-huh. which is all about corporate interspace living it's gonna be fun (laughs) (laughs) i got myself a nintendo switch light for christmas nice and then on friday i stood in walmart until someone came to help me (laughs) 
<laughs> because I didn't know. Do I get this little SD card that comes for it? Do I get the oh. headphones that come for it? Yeah. Help me, Mr. Man. <laughs> so he said, yeah, they are. But it's it's good. You should do that. Yes, yeah. you should. And then I got Untitled Goose Game. Nice. I haven't played that, but I've watched some people play it, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's a scream. It's just right. <laughs> and then my dad said, you know, when I was in the hospital last year, they had a Wii. I want a Wii. And he wouldn't believe me. So we went into the GameStop. And the experts told him they don't make that console anymore. You can they still don't. get it. Yeah. I but... still have one. <laughs> well, he wants one really bad. It's fun. I have Resident Evil 4 on the Wii. And I feel like that's a way more enjoyable experience than on the PlayStation for me. Because the like you point and shoot. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> uh, actual point and shoot. Yeah, like some people don't like it because their hand's not steady enough for that, but uh, it works way better for me than trying to aim on a controller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we've know. gotten off topic again. We, we did, we did. Let's talk about Akata Witch's mother's not that great either. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is that, okay. But... That and the teacher too. Um, yeah. Yeah that teacher what the hell yeah i was reading that and i was like clearly there are different standards here than we have where i live yeah, that is also what i thought you're not allowed to do that where i live is that surely she doesn't you'd call the children stupid yeah they write that badly and somehow it's their fault this sounds like you <laughs> yeah well and then the the part where she was telling um sunny to hit the other children, <laughs> the children i was like that's more of a punishment for her than it is for them yes what a, a crazy nut job suggestion yeah like she's what? the one student that you approve of that you think did wonderfully and you're going to tell her to beat all of her fe fellow students because they did badly <laughs> that's not gonna work out well she's already bullied what in what there cannot be a civilization on earth where that is okay no and well, a the smart thing is, move i feel like that's how things used to sort of be in a lot of places in america and then we finally figured out oh that's not cool actually you can't do that <laughs> to kids um and like i feel like there are still places that haven't made that switch yet which is very upsetting well i <laughs> mean the beating children part and the berating children part i know that that's widespread and yeah. historically american but having a child beat the other children yeah that's the I part know. that i think was most shocking <laughs> to me like i feel like that probably did happen i do too but like it's such a bad idea how does somebody not notice that know that that's a bad idea like when they suggest it <laughs> how do you not realize <laughs> when there are white people that live in african countries they sometimes imagine that what they do there is not really happening yeah <laughs> not it's not real yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. And I, I did forget that she is like a white person teaching a bunch of kids that are black. And 
in a different country and wherever she is from if she is from england if she is from america if she is from south africa good night nurse yeah (laughs) (laughs) bad news uh she can't have learned that at whatever teaching school she went to no for sure like and i was also like i don't know i was i was thinking about it and like i wonder how much that actually happens because i know that like different organizations do send a lot of teachers over to different um countries to teach the students there Um, And obviously we've had the whole like mission thing and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not so good. Um, But like, I do wonder how much crazy stuff like that does happen. And of course there are white people in Nigeria too. She might be Nigerian born and raised, but Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not, (laughs) that's not what you want. No, no, it was not good. Oh, yeah, that teacher was awful. But yeah, um, Sonny's parents also suck too. Like, I feel like it's a similar situation to Menelie's parents. Like, I feel like Sonny's dad is like the man of the house and uh-huh. like very much in control. And Sonny's mom is just like, well, I'm going to go along with it because I don't want things to be harder than they have to be but yeah. then they're harder on Sunny because and she's yeah. Yeah. And she's also, she's got the issue of I'm a girl, so I'm not as highly prized as my uh-huh. brothers uh-huh. who suck. They're, yeah. They're it sounds like it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting too, because you see the, the dynamic of like, she plays with her brothers because they're the people that she has available to play with, uh-huh. but she doesn't like them a whole lot. Like they're not her best friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting actually how much there are parallels between the two books again. Um of the different experiences that the girls have gone through. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, obviously they, they diverge because like, I feel like a Kata witch, at least for the, the portion that we've read so far, um, changes a lot from like, it, it's on the same path and then it, it swiftly goes to a different direction with her being like initiated and that whole crazy experience and (laughs) the the you get so many details of the magic involved which is really cool um and the background of leopard people um and that's all really fascinating i feel like you don't get as much of that in um the pern series because um she's like mentally's not going into this like unknown community um right She's like in a different part of the larger community. She's like in a faction of the larger community, but she's not going into this like unknown world that most people she knows don't know about. Um, Whereas Sunny is going into this unknown world that she's just suddenly being pulled into and everything's different and she's got to learn everything. And it's like a whole new experience. I also really liked 
that she gets paid for learning that was cool <laughs> yeah like she learns about this whole new world and then she gets a bunch of money for doing that like that's so cool I I like made a note I was like if only we got paid for learning in real life <laughs> I guess in a way you do but not not as directly for sure and like it's not guaranteed <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah that was so cool I also um, one thing I wanted to bring up was the the currency in um, the 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 currency that leopard people use, mm -hmm. because um, like Sunny was saying, like, oh, I thought that piece would be worth more than this piece because of the material it's made out of. And I was like, I wonder if they do that intentionally. They go backwards in order to show that currency is not the most important thing to them. It could be, but there are a lot of places in the world where copper is more highly prized. I guess that makes sense. You make like copper weapons and things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, copper, I think uh, the coastal Pacific Northwest tribes, uh, they had silver and gold and copper and copper was the one that meant the most that was the mm -hmm. most prized and in egypt uh, they used up their copper <laughs> they yeah. used that so much copper that uh, they apparently had to come to north america to get some <laughs> <clears throat> yeah i know I, I i played uh pharaoh as a kid and copper was an important resource uh -huh. in that game if you didn't and have it you were you were gonna die <laughs> and they had all of those too mm -hmm. and in mesoamerica uh they have a lot of gold stuff but mm -hmm. it seems that copper was the most the most wanted anyway and i'm not sure that it is because it's an integral part of bronze making mm -hmm. uh, i the, i forget um the anthropological reason that they prize copper it, it's it's not even a scarcity issue necessarily although mm -hmm. it is part of it it's um is it symbolic or something it's symbolic it's the colors that they are i mean i always think of just how sturdy it is because they talk about gold being valuable because it's so um malleable mm -hmm. um whereas copper is a lot sturdier um but yeah if it's got a symbolic meaning as well that would make a big difference it does i just can't really remember quite what it is it's like it's because it's red is mm, that is makes the sense reason. Mm -hmm. yeah red's an important color in a lot of cultures mm -hmm. but i don't really remember what if that is the case anyway there are a lot of places that uh, value copper above well you know you know <laughs> yeah what do the meth addicts rip out of the wall of the apartment the copper mm, yeah ring. <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> yeah well and i mean i mean nowadays like yeah you do use gold for some electronics but copper is way more um common yeah um for electronics and we value electronics very highly so. And gold is used in electronics because it's so light, because mm -hmm. it's so malleable. You can pound it out real thin and it's still a good conductor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Did I tell you in another context about 
<laughs> you know, there was a lot of gold mining in Eastern Oregon in the 19th century, like around Baker City. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was so much that it, um, it, millions, billions maybe of dollars of gold came out of Oregon, Eastern Oregon. Interesting. Uh, the Chinese were miners here and not mm-hmm. you know not just employed by white mines they had their own claims their own mining concerns mm-hmm. and they weren't supposed to be shipping their gold out to china but they were and there's some indication there you know there was a chinese doctor at john day he was from china he and his servant lived in john day for their whole lives when they died, they didn't even get to be shipped home, which usually oh. what happened when Chinese people died. He was apparently an imperial doctor, mm-hmm. and he had been banished, so he oh. could never go home. Who knows why? There's not really a nobody knows. But he also uh, was the clearinghouse for all of the gold that came out of Eastern Oregon. It's something like. of the gold that they know came out of Eastern Oregon is unaccounted for. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So most of those millions of dollars of gold went to China. That doesn't really surprise me just because um, I feel like managing things was just not great. Like overseeing things, making sure things were in order. That is true. <laughs> but the Chinese people had a great system. So yeah, they have been doing it forever. Out. And um, one of the ways that they smuggled it was by pounding it out very, very thin into leaf, gold leaf, mm. and then interleaving it in books and documents. Oh, that makes sense. And then just shipping books and documents. That makes sense. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> Just so, put a piece of paper in the mail. You're all good. Everybody loves library, right? When they <laughs> go to ship books. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> and then also, he was a good doctor. He he saved a lot of people around that area. He was, nice. he was an excellent gynecological doctor. And so then people aren't going to question him. Right. I, he died in 40 i think 1943 very old mm-hmm. and they just closed up his office his shop he also did a grocery and dry goods and stuff and they closed the mm. whole thing up so when you go to john day you can visit that man's the chinese doctor's chinese doctor's office it's nice. completely preserved that's pretty his cool. books his newspapers all of his stuff right there that's awesome (laughs) that would be super fascinating yeah the the weird things that we have in our history especially surrounding currency Uh (laughs) people do anything for money Mm -hmm. it's true i have a cat spazzing on my lap i don't think you can see her but she's freaking Uh, out i can see a little bit (laughs) (laughs) she can't figure out what she wants or needs so (laughs) well we're at our time so indeed um 
I feel like we didn't get into a bunch of stuff, but we probably will still get into it next time because uh, I feel like a lot of the themes that we're seeing are going to continue. So I do too. I like the parallelness again of the books. Yeah, it's working out really well. You were the one that suggested these books, right? I did. Yeah, good job. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Brittany also was very enthusiastic about Akata Witch because she said she'd read it before. Yeah. Um, and I am very much enjoying it so far. I mistakenly bought an e-copy of Akata Warrior, which is the next one. So after I'm done with this, I'm going to read that book. <laughs> See, I bought that because uh, after I bought the first one, um, Kindle gave me a, an offer on the second one. So I got it for like five bucks. Yay. So I have it too. <laughs> uh, I was kind of so-so on it when I listened to it, mm -hmm. but I think I didn't like the reader. Oh, that makes a difference. She did. She was good, but the way that she read Sunny was a little bit screechy, which oh. Sunny is... She shrieks at her friends. She's I did you know, notice that very she obstructive. Tends to get very worked up. She's kind of a little pill. <laughs> but uh, the reader made it worse for mm -hmm. me. Yeah, that that does make a difference. I've um, listened to some that just drone, uh -huh. and I can't handle that. I have to have lots of inflection. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather an actor read it anytime mm -hmm. yeah we had this conversation before too my favorite, we probably did <laughs> my favorite reader of all time for audiobooks is burt reynolds i don't think i've listened to anything with him i listened to him read a couple of robert b parker spencer for hire novels mm -hmm. just mysteries and it, the range of voices that that man could do you you laugh about burt reynolds he's a joke he's good <laughs> yeah whatever else about him he can really build a character and express things through that character that's awesome it's supposed to be just a whole bunch of you know actor tricks where they're not yeah. really acting they're just doing these tricks when it worked <laughs> yeah you know whatever gets you there <laughs> <laughs> I uh the other day listened to most of um an audiobook. It's a Minecraft audiobook written by the guy who wrote World War Z and performed by Jack Black. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Max Brooks. Max yes. Brooks writes uh, prefers to write audiobooks because he was so severely dyslexic he couldn't read well oh. enough. And his mom, Ann Bancroft, <laughs> went to a teacher's meeting with uh, his teacher who said, well, we're going to put him in remedial reading because he, he's just not, he's not doing it. And she said, ah, we're not doing that. And yeah. so she got him books and the audiobook and said, just read along with the voice and just practice. And he said, it's the only way that I could really put it together. That I did I that as a kid sometimes too. Really make it work for me. Yeah. But you know, they have kits where it plays something while you read a book. Mm -hmm. But yep. he had to have it for longer books. And yeah. He did fine when he knew what the material was. It was just that, you know, 
dyslexia is the way it is. Yeah, dyslexia is rough. <laughs> so when it came time that he had these this great idea for a story, uh, he could not see himself writing it out as a book. So instead, he wrote it out as a script, and he asked all of his dad's actor friends to perform it. So World War Z was an audiobook without a paper book for quite a while. Nice. I have the paper book, but I haven't listened to the audiobook. So anything he does, it's for you to experience as a performance first. That's awesome. Mel Brooks is his dad. I didn't realize that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that makes everything so much better than it already was. You know, and it's good oh anyway. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I got to store that information in my brain. Yeah. So no wonder that he's written yeah. a good Minecraft book as read by Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> It's been fun. Um, it's definitely written for kids. It's a Minecraft book, but you know, it's good. Uh-huh. And well, it's it's so really what? interesting as someone who plays Minecraft because you can like, you can see the connections and you can be like, oh, this thing's happening in the book. So this is what's going to happen next. Or this is the thing that this character is going to discover. Uh-huh. So that's pretty interesting. I have a friend in UK who is, he plays it and he records it. So I watch it on YouTube. I should do that. I really, I want to, I want a game for like streaming or YouTube or whatever. I just haven't figured out the setup because it's a big undertaking and I have anxiety. I understand. (laughs) But I I want to. (laughs) I have just started to be able to do YouTube where I make one of the crafts that we have at the library and film it as I make it because we can't be together yeah people may as well watch so i'm doing a month-long craft right now where i make a little woodland scene and one component of it every week that's so cute (laughs) i love that so now i have a handle on filming and broadcasting what i've filmed Mm -hmm. i have been doing videos for the library but that's it uh and they're not anything like that they're just like like this is how you log into this service and use it <laughs> uh-huh. yeah and i made a tiktok nice with jennifer the director mm-hmm. she did that one that is uh from the office where the the person says i need you to be on your best behavior mm-hmm. well I promised other people. So she's being the person who's saying, I promised other people I'm going to be on my worst behavior. And I stitched onto it and was the person I, I duetted it and was the person who says, I need you to be on your best behavior. I'll fire you. Nice. I like it. That's so good. I'm getting there. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I should really look at your craft videos. Those are probably I really cool. I will send you an email with the link to the little craft videos. Yay. Awesome. Then at the end, when it's all made, we're going to make a time lapse. Ooh. That of sounds them cool. all stitched together, and it's just it growing and being made that sounds really it's cool. so cute <laughs> i took spun cotton cotton balls mm-hmm. i unraveled cotton balls and i glued them down to a wood round 
and painted them different colors of green so that they look like moss. Oh, cool. And then I glued a, a wooden spool with thread on it down sideways on it because it's going to be a little chair mm-hmm. for a little elf person to sit on. Nice. And then I made spun cotton mushrooms last week. So they have wire in the middle and one has a wire loop in the top mm-hmm. and then they have uh, caps. One is painted blue and one's painted red mm-hmm. and it has little speckles on it. Nice. And then I'm going to make the little person who sits on the spool. That's going to be a pipe cleaner doll. And then uh, for the fourth one, I forget what it is. I think the fourth one, I'm just going to assemble it. It's going to go into an upside down jar. So it looks like it's in a specimen case. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, just like a mason jar, I think. Yeah. Uh, just like I have caught this little fairy creature and mm-hmm. it lives in the jar. That's awesome. I might do little um, white lights in there oh, with it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see if this is still, <laughs> I'm building. <laughs> work, a work in progress. In progress. Yeah. yeah. I really like the idea of it being a, like I've captured this creature and I'm keeping it in a jar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that that's a cute idea nice. i think that that's something that would be cute on a bookshelf mm-hmm. just like a little light up oh the fairy i caught in the forest yeah that's her habitat mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i like that we're gonna be doing some of those book nooks where you build a scene from a book like a little oh, twisty street mm-hmm. or narnia Mm-hmm. And it sits inside the bookshelf so that you're looking at books and then you come across, oh, mm-hmm. it's a scene. That's cool. We're going to have kits for that for people to do at home. Nice. Yeah. You I provide like your own disposable water bottle. But other than that. <laughs> nice. That should be really fun. And I'm starting the library podcast this week. Nice. Uh, I used your anchor <laughs> to to do a um, set one up for us. It's mm-hmm. called Listen Here Now, a serious nice. library news magazine. Nice. And, uh, I was going to talk to Maura today about our new science fiction fantasy books, but she was feeling overwhelmed and weird and didn't want to. And so I said, yeah, I have to. It's Okay. And I'm going to uh, just record one by myself of some other thing. It's only a 15, 20 minute one. Mm, yeah. But here I am on two podcasts. Whoa. <laughs> Slow down, Heather. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm tied my wagon to a star. <laughs> Goodbye, no, I, little people. <laughs> I really, I have always wanted to, since I started listening to podcasts, I've wanted to do a podcast. So this should be fun. And I, uh, I hope that I'll be able to do more in the future. I think that would be fun. I think that once you get started, it's hard not to do like 10 of them and just record mm-hmm. <laughs> little little other things throughout your day. Yeah, that's what it seems like <laughs> from what I've heard. I, I listen to a group of podcasters that they just, they're always having new things going on. <laughs> uh-huh. The one podcast that I listened to for years and I just loved it. Uh, it was always great. 
just until a couple of years ago when I just had to quit, uh, was The Nerdist. Mm, I've heard of that one, but I haven't checked it out. It was great because the guy, Chris Hardwick, mm-hmm. who's, you know, a problematic human being, maybe, <laughs> maybe abusive. I don't know. Mm. Could be. Anyway, he's a great interviewer. He's a comedian. And then when these famous people would come on his show, he would just sit there and, you know, they chit chat much mm-hmm. as we're doing mm-hmm. and they fill up an hour just as quickly as you and i do just chit-chatting it's really easy and the <laughs> things... if you're doing a chatting format it's very easy <laughs> and personally i love to listen to that i mm-hmm. like to listen to people gib gab and not necessarily take part and that's that's great for me mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. feels like social interaction i was watching a stream or a streamer but she was making a youtube video and um it was like a sped up thing that she was talking over and she was like every time i make these i feel like i'm just rambling to you guys and nobody wants to listen and i'm so sorry and then she's like well i guess if you didn't want to listen you would have clicked away by now and everybody in the comments was like please keep doing this i just love listening to you ramble it's like my favorite thing and i was like yep yep me too (laughs) When I did the voiceover for the first part of my craft YouTube, uh, there was this big pause where what I was doing on the video, because I just show my hands making it, mm-hmm. uh, was I couldn't open my tube of watercolor paint. Oh. So I said, hey, here I am chewing the lid off of the paint. And I was, <laughs> so <laughs> nice. it felt really sincere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Okay. Well, we have another meeting in two weeks. We will be talking more about these same books. Um, We'll address the subject matter next time. A little more than we did. I mean, there's always so much to talk about. It always ties to real life. So It does. That's what reading is for. That's what a book club is really like. And in this case, we're not kind of half sloshed on wine. So that is true. (laughs) I feel like that's the format for a lot of book clubs is being pretty sloshed. (laughs) It's just so you can get out of the house. BMCC is a dry campus, so yeah. <laughs> can't be sloshed. And I but... work for the city. They don't let you drink on the job. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll do our own book club where people can get as sloshed as they want to. That's right. <laughs> Private book club. I won't because I just don't drink, but everyone else can. It's fine. Yeah. I'll hold it together. <laughs> arrange for the cabs to come and take the people home yep (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you for hosting this meeting i'm i had a lot of fun i did too it picked up my day on your day off (laughs) yeah no problem this is a really great way to spend part of my evening i was having a rough time today because that's how it is sometimes but i feel a little better now good yeah that's also what book clubs are for yes indeed that was actually why we started this (laughs) so hopefully it works for other people as well hopefully (laughs) all right i will see you in two weeks indeed all right thank you heather thank you Bye. bye